in action. There's a very uh, wonderful film series called A Force More Powerful, which was done by PBS, which was a documentary on the history of nonviolent action, uh, which had six segments, including one on Gandhi, one on the uh, uh, U.S. civil rights movement, particular period. Uh, I think also the Philippines and Poland. I, I forgot what the other ones were. Uh, but um, role plays have been used in those settings. They're used in a lot of trainings. You know, we use them a lot in uh, speech practice. We've done some here. What we did, of course, in the morning was a role play, right? And they really have the potential. Some I, I, I've been a little surprised, but I always notice like a certain percentage of people just do not like them. <laughs> But uh, again, the people, we found that earlier, you didn't like them, but you got into it, right? So it's it a little bit, can be surface. So uh, with the role play, uh, one of the places it was used really dramatically was in uh, 1960 in uh, uh, Memphis, Tennessee. I think, it, I think it was Memphis, or Nashville, sorry, Nashville, Tennessee. And there was, it was actually the most rigorous training that was ever done in the civil rights movement. It was led by uh, uh, James Lawson. Anyone met or know James Lawson? He's based in LA now. He's still, uh, he was probably 30 in his early 30s when he led the training. He was a very interesting guy. He's still, I've met him and worked with him some, done some workshops with him. And he was, uh, he lives in LA now. And he, as a young man, African-American, as a young man, was really interested in nonviolence, went to India and studied in the 1950s and studied Gandhian nonviolence. Really someone to get to know. See if you can find this film segment in your local library. Or maybe, I think it may be online or maybe on YouTube. It's, it's called A Force More Powerful. And you want the segment, it's about a 30-minute segment. It's on uh, Nashville, 1960. And James Lawson had practiced in, uh, in India, studied Gandhi, studied nonviolence in, in India for, I think, three years. He came back, and he was, I think he was a graduate student at Oberlin, I think, in Ohio. And Dr. King gave a talk at Oberlin, and they happened to be across each the way at the dinner table. And, and uh, King found out that he had been in India, and he said, basically, we need you in the South. You know more about nonviolence than I do. <laughs> you come down and work with us. And he went down and worked in Nashville for a number of years, and he did the most uh, elaborate trainings and they're all in evidence on the video. That's really remarkable. And they had some of the most remarkable success in the whole movement. People who came out of that. Basically, he enlisted a lot of the people from Fisk University. And they did role plays, uh, you know, week after week before they actually acted. And you can see in the, in the video, they did role plays where they would, because they were basically protesting... Uh, segregated department stores and lunch counters, or especially the lunch counters. And they were doing sit-ins, so they practiced 
sitting there and getting abuse at coming at them and how would they keep their clarity of intention and not react back and they did training after training with that and they did other kinds of trainings and some of the people who came out of that movement include uh, John Lewis you know the congressman he came out of that that was his formative period and uh, another person very well known is Diane Nash and it's a very powerful story. It's some of the most remarkable change. And the center of it was the role play. That was the center of the training that they were doing. So I just wanted to give that historical footnote or background to this. Okay? So uh, role play is pretty much like what we did uh, earlier. Uh, it's um, what we want to do. What helps with the role play is that we have a simple... Situation. So I'm going to ask you to imagine a situation involving a conflict that you could describe to someone really briefly. It doesn't need a lot of background information. You know, that you could, and we probably want to go, again, not for the nines or tens on a scale of ten, but for the fives or sixes, possibly seven. Something you could describe really easily. You know, like I was thinking of one uh, conflict you know, kind of a conflict that I uh, have experienced that you know that just came to mind was um, I was uh, for for a number of years I worked in a graduate school and at one point I was like the uh, kind of like the chair of the faculty and I would meet with the president of the graduate school uh, along with I had a, I think I had a co-chair uh, some of the time and we'd also meet maybe with the dean we the four of us would meet together. And I'd be in this situation, and in my mind, the president was not a good listener. And I would often say things, and he would kind of not really, did not, he definitely did not give me empathic listening. <laughs> but he would often change the subject, and I would, I would get reactive. And, you know, uh, initially, I would get reactive, and I would just sort of, emotionally withdraw from the situation, which was my like my little defense mechanism, right? It made it very common, right? I would I would uh withdraw emotionally to a place of what I later came to call distanced moral superiority. <laughs> right? And but, you know, nothing would happen, I wasn't engaging, right? It was it was my way of kind of protecting myself. And probably very common. How many can relate to a kind of a similar pattern, right? So it's very common. And so I could do a role play if I wanted to practice where I would say, you be the boss, we're in this meeting, I'll bring something up, you change the subject, and let me see if I can have a response that's not just withdrawal. What's the way? And of course, you know, this might mean, you know, it's not just technique, actually. I'd have to maybe do some inner practice. Because what I actually did... We, you know, in the actual situation, I was being mentored and uh, working with uh, someone who encouraged me just to really try to experience what was there, and you know, both in meditation, a little bit like what we've done, know what the emotions are, know what I was going through. It took a while to kind of see the whole uh, defense mechanism in work, right? Trigger, here's where I go, right? That wasn't immediately obvious. It took some time to find out what that was. Once I could see that, then I did an inner process where I tried to get a sense of what was the experience right at the moment that he changed the subject. And I could actually tune in and say, oh, that doesn't feel good. Something painful, right? And 
um, I found, and I, of course, I could see other situations in life where I uh, didn't think I was being listened to and just withdrew. I could see that happening in other, not just that situation, of course. And so what I did was I, I started to tune in. What is the, what is the feeling there at the moment, it was going to be a painful feeling, and if I could tune in there, what I found was that if I could actually be mindful and notice it, oh, that doesn't feel good, but I stayed with it, I could notice my mind tending to go to reactivity, but it wouldn't necessarily land there. And eventually I could come to a place where I could notice in the moment, oh, that doesn't feel good. And I could say, um, I could notice internally, and then say, um, you know, that, import, that point that I just made, it's important to me. I'd like us to come back to it. <laughs> right? Which is a non-reactive response, standing up for my own needs, to use that language. And, uh, you know, I might, if I've done a certain amount of inner work there, I might choose that for a role play because it can be described really quickly. You know, very simple action. Here's, you know, here's what's happening. We're talking. And then here's what I do. Right? So that's what we're, we're looking for, something that could kind of occur in three or four minutes. So think of something, you know, if you'd like. I mean, if you really, uh, think if you can, think, see if you can come up with a role play that you could maybe just describe really briefly. You don't need a lot of background information, not as much as I just gave. <laughs> you know, could that you could describe maybe in two minutes or something. You know, and you, the, huh? Well, basically, what we're, we're going to have is a, an interaction involving two people, and you're going to have the other person take a role. Like I would, if I was describing with you, I would say, I want you to play the president, okay? And I want, here's what you need to know to play the role, a little bit like what was on the sheet. Here's what you need to know to play the role. He's the president. He's not a good listener, in my view. He's, um, you know, a little bit in a rush, likes to get to his own agenda, etc. That's probably all you need. And My question was just when you asked us yeah. to come up with something, I was saying, yeah. should it be withdrawn from your own past or is it something you're creating that is fictional? Oh, it's, it's, um, ideal, ideally something that's, that's real. Okay. Something that's unresolved. But, it, but I was going into the last point to say that if I was doing that, I would, I would tell you something like that information, pretty brief, right? And then that's, you know, I give you guidance if you're in the role that you're being given, you don't want to ham it up and, you know, like we were doing earlier, not to be obnoxious and so forth. I would give you that kind of guidance. I would say, here's the situation. We have meetings. Uh, you often change the subject. You know, my edge of learning is to learn how to be non-reactive and responsive, stand up for my own needs in the moment. That's my conflict I'm dealing with, right? Something like that. See, I could describe that pretty quickly. And it's pretty simple. It doesn't take five minutes to develop or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you could do that. Yeah, you you could be creative in that way. Yeah, you could you could in fact we were thinking of me being your mom. No, you being your mom and me being you. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe we'll do that just in a moment. But is that clear enough? Uh, so think about think about a situation that you might like to work with.
that you could describe pretty briefly that would be useful for you to explore. So raise your hand if you need a little more time. Okay, very good.
Yeah, yeah, we could, we could. That that came up with your example as well. So you could, yeah. How do you work with an inner? Because that's what you brought up yesterday. How do we work with the inner conflict? Um, yeah, I think one of two ways. You could either have the, uh, you know, kind of divide it into two voices and ask the other person to be one voice. You know, like what what was? If I remember your, the inner conflict was kind of my my spiritual self and my unawake. Oh. Oh, who is that who talked about that? Oh, maybe it got resolved yesterday and not back today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so you could either personify them or you could just do a monologue and, and not have the other person involved. That would be possible. Okay. Should we do our role play a little bit quickly? We'll do this quickly, okay? So are, are you okay if I'm, I'm here? Do you want to sit in a chair opposite or something or... Okay, so let's let's do this. Um, Should I set the stage for? Yeah, you want We'll do this just as we you know, come a little bit further across here, and maybe face me directly. And we would do this just as if uh, you were designing a role play. So you want to give me enough instructions for me to? No, I'm I'm going to be you, and you're going to be your mom. So you want to give a little bit of background, but maybe take. Oh yeah, we want to use the mic. Thanks. So we want to you you know see if you can set the stage in maybe two or three minutes and just you know, enough information to proceed. So I'm going to be you, and you're going to be your mom. So this is a little interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is actually what I think it was a painful but hilarious in retrospect um, okay. situation. So my parents were visiting from New Jersey, New York, um, driving in a car in. Yeah, my car here, a little Subaru. So it was my dad driving, my mom in the front seat, Jules, my partner who was here yesterday, and me in the back seat. We were driving up to Point Reyes, and we had um, some baked goods from Fournier Bakery in Berkeley. These special treats I had gotten for my dad's birthday, which was that day. Earlier in the morning, he tried a bite. It wasn't this cake he was looking for, and so I was so sad about it. I was like, oh. I guess no one likes these cakes. And so I was really hungry in the car. My parents were exploring somewhere and I ate all of it. (laughs) (laughs) So my mom gets back in the car and is really happy and is like, you guys got to go look out there. It's so magical and beautiful. And we're like, now we're good. And she's like, Ooh, I'm hungry. Where's the cake? And I was like, Oh, I ate the cake. She's like, and then, and then from there, I mean, in retrospect, she pretty much had a traumatic response from stuff in her childhood. That's, um, Okay. Has been like ungrieved, but okay. she just started going off. So this is not exactly the kind of role play that everyone else is going to be doing. You are not being yourself, right? And you're not necessarily trying out new techniques. You're being your mom, and I'm not going to try out new techniques either. I'm going to try to be you. And the purpose here is to, you know, as they say, walk in the other person's shoes, right? It's to by getting a sense of the situation. So I'm going to try to be as accurately as I can you. And you're going to be as accurately as you can your mom. And we're going to see what happens. Okay, so I think, so where do we start? We're in the car. We're in the car. Uh, Side note, I can't match my mom's anger and you don't want it in this room, so. Okay, so where do we start? So uh, you you want to ask me about the the cakes? Yeah, okay, so I get in the car. Oh, I'm so hungry. Where is that cake from this morning? You know, I, I, th- I thought that no one wanted them, so I was really hungry. I ate them. What? Why, why did you think no one wanted them? 
well, I got sense from dad that he just, he didn't like to taste. He wanted maybe some so other So dad, so what you thought about dad translates to me somehow? How did what dad wants say to what I want? Well, you didn't, you didn't speak up either. So, so because I didn't say anything, you thought I didn't want it? Well, maybe, maybe yes. <laughs> what? What the... Curse words. <laughs> why? Why aren't you considering my needs? What? Am I just invisible? You know, mom. I'm. You know, I'm. I'm really sorry. I, 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 maybe I was just really hungry and I wasn't thinking straight. Oh, so this is so typical. You're always thinking about your needs and the needs of people who need it most. Like, but you never think about me. I mean, if you can go be an amazing activist everywhere, but then when it comes to your own family, you don't even consider me. Like, if I was missing a leg, would you pay more attention to me? You don't even have to answer that. I know it's true. Uh, you know, I, I'm really sorry, Mom. Okay, cut. <laughs> Thank you for bearing through that. Good job. Yeah. Um, so what are your reflections? You want to take a moment to, to pause or shake out your mom? Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I think just hearing you say, I'm sorry, like, I didn't know what to, I didn't know what to say to that. And I didn't, I don't know what my mom would say to that. I think she would have a moment to pause. Like I was all the way at D. I just, when she was yelling at me, I couldn't say anything. I started like Mm -hmm. kind of hysterically laughing and then it turned into crying because Mm -hmm. that's the only response that I could like physically Mm -hmm. have in that moment. And I just, I think the like. I'm sorry, validating her experience was, yeah. Simple action, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so that's hard. Did I turn this off? Yeah, that's hard because in the moment, even a little bit of empathy or compassion is hard because you're feeling unsafe in a way, right? And so what, you know, maybe what could help, what, what can help you to recenter yourself? If possible, it's hard because you're in a car. You can't take time out and say, you know, <laughs> one of uh, my favorite time out techniques, which you can't really do in a car is, you know, I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> a very important technique in, in all of this. We haven't mentioned it yet. <laughs> yeah. But it's uh, it's a way to take a time out, recenter and so forth. But... So how to recenter in the moment and quickly, not easy, right? So that would be something to, maybe something in that, that's, of course, that's not a five or six conflict. That's a more intense, right? Mm-hmm. But how to, how to recenter yourself so that you can have a little bit of empathy. And maybe you can remember, you know, just to remember, can I lead, can I have a, some empathy and compassion there? You know, it's not easy. You know, I, I was, I didn't have your background. I mm-hmm. could say that, but... Yeah. Well, can I respond to that just very briefly? I had total empathy for her. And I think that's why I started crying because I was like, she's in so much pain. And this isn't about this experience. It's so much about neglect from her childhood and like not having the cake, so to speak, when she was growing up. Um, I think what happens for me is I actually lose respect for her, which is really hard. Because I'm Mm. like, she hasn't dealt with her emotions properly. Her emotions are her responsibility. I did eat the cake, but you know, she's responsible for how she's responding. Yeah. And I think that's Of course, that's not part. her world. Right. She doesn't see things like that. Right. Right. And um, so, yeah, I mean, again, uh, we're not going to resolve all the issues with your mom right now. 
damn it, that's what I came for. <laughs> okay, yeah, you ask for your money back. <laughs> uh, but clearly there could be, you know, there's some, you know, I mean, goes without saying with all of our family really, but some obviously inner work, the judgmental uh, views of your mom, right? Mm-hmm. Some inner work uh, helpful there. Compassion, you know, sort of, uh, you know, the compassion practice and uh, um, the empathy, but also the extent to which there may be that blaming or judgment or, you know, I've taken responsibility for my emotions. You could do the same, you know. Mm. You know, you know. I happen to live in the Bay Area. You live in New Jersey. But there's plenty of, you know, emotional growth workshops you could take, Right? Sign up for them. Yeah. Okay, maybe not so likely. Right? Yeah. Let's take one comment, then I want to move to the actual, our own uh, ones, please. railroaded um Rose being like you were being a little railroaded like you kind of caved in a way yeah um and then later i realized okay maybe it was just a very generous act for you to do that and that really deflect you know yeah but i but what i'm wondering is if there uh would an what's another way that you could uh kind of um deactivate the situation like your apology did but also speak your piece a little bit more but not in a blaming way yeah it it might take a few steps and might take some time in in the moment I was actually I mean I, I wasn't thinking about any of this it just came out it did feel it did feel authentic it didn't feel like I was railroading or sort of giving in or just saying what I thought she wanted to hear that's not what it felt inside uh, of course we can do that right we can do that um, generally and this is something that I learned from Marshall Rosenberg nonviolent communication typically there has to be the empathic meeting first before anything else can happen you know so you can't it's hard to do three steps at once and it, it, it can be really important to meet empathically and have that get sort of set before you try to assert your own needs. If I tr- both said I'm sorry and then asserted some of my own needs or my own perspectives, uh, the uh, I'm sorry would get lost, right? Yeah, so it, so important to go slowly, I think, here. But that, again, that's what I learned, that when when there's disturbance in the field, empathic meeting can be very skillful. Really, you read uh, the Marshall Rosenberg book, uh, Nonviolent Communication, has some amazing stories of empathy. They're just some, re- including uh, how in some very real life situations, empathic listening was used in moments of potential violence. Right? It's quite remark- some remarkable stories. Or how uh, Marshall Rosenberg did work in actually in. Uh, with Palestinians in the West Bank, right? Uh, imagine that, and they were just uh, uh, judging him and letting out a lot of their anger and frustration. And he didn't go on at all to say you didn't quite understand what I was saying, you know, or something like that. He just tried to meet meet them first, you know. And there there's some remarkable stories uh, related to that 
of empathic meeting. It's almost worth the price of the book. The stories I, I found very, they're, they're real life. They're not made up, but they're very inspiring. But the, the upshot of it is, is that uh, sometimes if there is frustration, anger, difficult emotions in another, uh, and one's in a place to meet them, uh, that is almost necessary before anything else can happen. And, and even that sometimes isn't going to work. You know, especially maybe in California, some people may be su- suspicious of you trying to be empathic and say, don't give me any of that spirit rock stuff. <laughs> right? I mean, uh, I thought unless, your apology was powerful yeah. and um, showed strength. Yeah. Because, um, anyways, the comment that, which yeah. it could feel like that, like you were railroaded. It could be, yeah. But but to me, it seems like a, a a powerful thing, because the the other person was was in a had obviously been triggered. Yeah, there was hurt because oh, you didn't think of me. You ate all the cakes, which was a real thing. But unfortunately, the person mom yeah. Yeah. totally went into a overreactive state. Yeah, it felt so. You diffused yeah, it. Felt, it. it felt authentic. Um, so I have a little bit of a conflict here. I'm trying to safeguard the time. I, can, can this be maybe the last one? And then truly the last one, because I want to safeguard the time for the, the role plays. I just wondered if you might share a few examples of em- empathetic, empathetic responses to um, outbursts of anger. Yeah, um, Again, uh, I think what we'd have to do would first, again, this is where some of the tools we looked at earlier would be important. Can I assess my own state? Because um, the, the core of all of this is that it's authentic. We can give a lot of techniques, and it's not about doing the techniques, or it's not about saying words which sound empathic, but we have to really come authentically. That's actually the question which we were just exploring. Could that have come inauthentically, right? And so um, it's actually interesting. All the techniques, nonviolent communication, people can use those in manipulative ways. There's some really wonderful, uh, uh, like, uh, comic skits on the on YouTube that I that I love. There's a there's a group of two women who do these skits, which are like really spoofing. Uh, skillful communication. You know, like one person does, you know, this semi-empathic communication towards the roommates, you know, um, um, in an effort to get the roommate to pay the month's rent (laughs) and say, you know, and say, you know, I really, um, you know, I really want to hear what's there for you. I, you know, the, you know, the rent's not there, but I really want to hear what's in your mind and heart and said, Oh yes, I'm getting in touch with my inner child. It goes on like that. A little, no, it's spoofing it, and goes off, and they go off like that for a while. And that, you know, at the end of the spoof, the person just immediately sort of shouts out, "Pay the rent, goddammit. it!" <laughs> anyway, so people can use the language in inauthentic ways. So we first want to really tune in to what's there. You know, what's going on for myself with the anger, and if I'm in distress from the anger, uh, 
probably the most important thing is to come back to center, or, you know, because, uh, and even if, you know, again, a lot's going to depend on the relationship, right? And so in some situations, if we have a good enough relationship where we have a history of being able to uh, tell the other person, you know, I'm a little, I'm kind of out of whack now, out of balance. Can we take a time out and come back in 10 minutes? That could be really skillful. That's possible with some people and not with others, right? And so that could be really skillful. You get anger just coming at you and you're knocked off center. Some relationships, you could say that. Some, you need to do the internal work without any dialogue, you know, and uh, and not easy sometimes to do in, you know, 30 seconds or something. But when we're good at it, sometimes we can do that. If we're, so what I'm saying presumes that there's some degree of centeredness and authenticity. Uh, we could actually, you know, uh, if we're truly wanting to be empathic, we, the language, simple language could be, uh, you know, you know, gosh, you're really, you know, uh, you're really angry about that. Again, it's going the context and how we say that, what other words we say is going to, um, the context is going to make a lot of difference. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, in your example, was the anger coming towards you? Okay. And so, um, so it could, you know, uh, one, one way would be empathic uh, statement might be, again, it's going to work with some people and not with others, might be to say, gosh, I'm really feeling your anger. I, I'm interested in knowing what's there for you and what, you know, I want to know better what, you know, I might have done that triggered it. Could you just say more and I want to listen? But, you know, it'll help for me if you say it in a way which is not blaming me. I tend to shut down when, when I'm blamed. Now that, with some people that would work, right? Some people that wouldn't work. So, but some way, you know, even inviting the person, you're, you know, you're really angry and I want, you know, it's important for me, you know, again, it's going to depend totally on the relationship. If it's a relationship which is ongoing and you want to know about this person, you could say, I'm interested in what's there for you. You know, some people you get anger coming towards you and there's not much of a relationship. So it's very different then. Then you might more just set boundaries or say, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, you know, it's hard for me to talk when you talk like that. Can you, uh, could you talk about your concerns in a way which isn't blaming me? Something like that. You know, so, and some people would respond and some wouldn't. So no guarantees in any of this. Does that get at it some? It's a great question, isn't it? Yeah, it's really, okay. Okay. Um, That's right. There's all sorts of complexities. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm a little bit. Uh, I've kind of gone with the flow, and we wanted to get her mom in. Um, I think we can do it. Uh, are people okay if we go like five minutes over? Is that okay? Anyone for whom that's a problem? Okay, that's good. So it gives me a little bit of flexibility. So I'm because I like to really honor the closing because people have stuff to do Sunday night and so forth. Okay, so 
look around for someone who might be a good uh, role play partner for your role play. And go into dyads. But don't start yet. Just just uh, connect with the person. Don't explain your role play quite yet. Situate yourself. Uh, you can be sitting in a chair. If the role play is better, if the role play is better standing up, you can do that. But chair might be easier or sitting. Okay. 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 Okay, let's let's get organized first. So someone just went to the bathroom. Oh oh you, you can do it together. Why don't you Okay, so you all be together. Okay. First thing hold on. Hold on. First thing is Decide who's going to go first. Go first means you're going to uh, present your role play and be yourself in the role play situation. Decide who's going to go first. Raise your hand if you're going first. Okay? Okay, so we'll do this in a fairly time way. Take, right now, take, take two or three minutes to describe the role you want the other person to take and the general situation, keep it really simple like we did with the mom or like I did with talking about my boss, okay? Keep it really simple, just two or three minutes and you want to describe the role. Don't start yet. Just uh, right now, describe the role and the situation, really simply, okay? So, so remember, don't start yet. How many people need more time? Okay, take about another 20, 30 seconds.
Okay. Okay, so in a moment, we'll start the role play. We'll have the role play will be four minutes. And following the role play, there'll be a chance for the person who designed the role play to sort of debrief. What did you find? What did you learn, etc.? But we're going to do the role play about four minutes, so pretty brief, not too much action. Four minutes or so. And the person who designed the role play, think of one or two tools from our weekend that you want to bring in. Okay? Just think right now. Maybe you've done that. But what are one or two tools from the weekend that I want to try to use here? Might be empathy, the both end, the internal state, some of the things we looked at just now. What are one or two state, one or two practices that you want to work with? And just think it, just silently reflect. Don't have to tell your partner. Okay. Okay, yeah. Hold on. Don't don't start yet. Let me have everyone's attention. Let me have everyone's attention, please. Hello? Hello. Let me let me have everyone's attention. Okay. Um let's see. We'll just work again with intention. If you're playing the role, just play it sort of straight, not too hammy. <laughs> Or, you know, again, don't be really a hard case. Just play it, kind of be the, again, just, and then, um, but but be creative and, you know, go different places, have it be a role play. And then if you're play, playing yourself, again, just think of the tools you want to bring in. And so um, set your intention now, and I'll ring the bell. We'll have about four minutes for the role play. So set your intention. What tools will I use? And then the other one just play the role well. I'll ring the bell in 10 seconds. Okay.
So finishing up, take a, just finish your thoughts and thank your partner in whatever way you'd like. Okay. And now we'll switch. And second person, design the role play. Hold on one sec. Every, everyone, if you can listen now. So we'll go through again the uh, three steps, two or three minutes just to describe in a very simple way the role play. Do that right now. The second person uh, in charge of the role play. Okay, you can do that right now. Describe in two or three minutes the role you want the other person to take and the general context. Very, very simply. Okay. How many people need more time? Raise your hand. How many people need a little more time? Take about 20 seconds. Okay. Okay. So let's, uh, we'll gather ourselves, about ready to start the second role play. So again, the person who designed the role play, contemplate one or two tools that you want to use. You can keep these to yourselves. What are one or two tools that you want to try to bring in to the role play? It could be a, by a tool, it could be a meditative practice, it could be doing the empathic practice. It could be uh, bringing a perspective in, like the, it could be empathy, it could be getting a sense of the both end. So just see what you want, one or two tools. And we'll, we'll set the intention. Uh, 
for the designer of the role play, again, how to bring in those tools or the intention to bring them in for the person assigned the role just to play it straightforwardly uh, and in a way that's not bringing in too much extra. Okay, set your intention. I'll ring the bell in 10 seconds. About four minutes, okay.
So finish up the role play. So complete the role play. Shake out the character if you like. Thank your partner. And now we again have about three minutes for the person who designed the role play to take the lead, say what I learned, any insights. You can ask the other person anything you noticed you want to say. You can say, when I did this, how was that? Just however you want, about three minutes right now, okay? Finish up your thought, and uh, whatever way you'd like, thank your partner.
And you can stay where you are, but let's come back, uh, bring our attention back to the whole group. Okay? So we're So we want to do three brief things uh, before finishing, okay? One of them is just to hear, we can use the mic again, just to hear just a few brief comments, maybe by, maybe by people who haven't spoken much yet, uh, if you'd like. Uh, just a few brief comments, anything you learned, any insights from the role plays? can be on the brief side so we can get a few comments in. Yeah. Just briefly, I learned that in any situation, no matter what level of intensity I think it's going to be, my innate response is one of like flooding and panic. And so yeah. I think the practice, the idea of practicing in, in embodiment is going to be key for me. Yeah. And then just doing it on a daily basis uh, just to even get in touch with anything that I could yeah. potentially use on a level five or higher. So, yeah, tremendous, you. tremendously important insights, right? How many can relate to that? Yeah, so so just to know that, and there is training. This can be worked with. It's workable, right? To know that there are, many of us have tendencies to be flooded, whatever language we use, activated, overly activated, nervous system a little out of whack, right, uh, difficult emotions, and to ground more in the body, which is training, because many of us have been trained to be somewhat disembodied, conditioned to be somewhat disembodied. You know, I, you know, I mentioned that that was my initial training in meditation. I had experience, I remember right before I started meditation, I was... Uh, uh, I was a year living in Germany. I remember walking, I had to walk like a mile or two to go to the classes I was going to. And uh, I would, I made, I noticed, I said, I'm not aware of my body at all. I'm like consciousness on a pole, right? And so there's training, various kinds of training to come into the body and play, plays a big role, the grounding and so forth, some of the techniques we mentioned. So thank you. Yeah. Other insights, observations from the role play? Yeah. Okay. It, like one, being heard and validated, but also just the honesty. Yeah. It, being a therapist myself, I've had many clients say to me, you know, Mr. Wilson, you know, therapists don't talk the way you do. They, they don't come right out and say things, you know, directly. And it's like, you're actually being honest. Like, well, honesty is... Yeah. <laughs> One of the main things, you know, if you're giving an honest opinion about an honest thought that came into somebody's mind, then how can you be wrong? Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, it's a treasure. And interestingly, uh, one can't really be wrong. Sometimes one could be unskillful. <laughs> yeah, because... <laughs> yeah, because actually, again, this is something we look at in the speech practice, but... Uh, the, the traditional four guidelines from the Buddha are to combine four aspects. Truthfulness, but also being helpful, coming out of a good heart, and having the right timing. You could be really truthful, honest, and have the other three off. It's going to be a mess. Right? So that's yeah, a quick response. Yeah, so here we have uh, up front. Yeah, up here. 
Thanks. Um, I feel like it's similar to the first comment, but I think the practice of being using assertive language that is still compassionate is so not intuitive for me, and I wasn't yeah. taught it. Um, so just getting it into my like muscle memory and yeah. language memory in this role play was really helpful. That's great. And again, how many can relate to that? I mean, I think probably all, I certainly can. That to actually have the heart there, but stand up for oneself or whatever, defend oneself, whatever language we use. It's not easy, right? Because we usually, it's usually we go to A versus B, right? We, we're not cognizant of the needs of the others. It's just being defensive, which, you know, has a value. But there's something that can be better for understanding and connection. Yeah. Okay, maybe one more and then we'll, we'll have two more short things to do. Okay, last one, yeah. so much out of this last few days but I really need the I need more because I've I felt like even though I went in with the intention to ground myself and I that like the judgy me who was right in this situation came up strongly enough it was really hard for me to get out of that like I so I just felt like oh I've failed I've just <laughs> I've just done these two days but I still can't figure out a way through this conflict yeah Right. I mean, it, like I say, we, we could do six months yeah. and that would, and we would, we might feel, gosh, I'm just scratching the surface <laughs> with six months. So, I mean, that's a really important point And, you know, it makes me wonder about offering something larger personally, um, which we, we did when I did the program I described earlier, the two year program, you know, we, we did that, but it's maybe something in between. <laughs> Uh, but one way to look at it is that there are components of what we've done which you can get further training in. Obviously, the mindfulness, the training in uh, being with difficult emotions. You know, most of the components that made up our two days, you can look at it, you can develop individually. So, and you get further training. Obviously, the mindfulness, working with difficult emotions, the grounding further in the body. There's train, there are trainings in that. Uh, you know, whether it's the Qigong or, you know, we have a lot of workshops that offer tools related to trauma, right? And, uh, you know, I, I have uh, friends who offer those kind of trainings as well. Um, so you can practice there. You could practice the empathy, uh, you could do the speech practice, which we are offering, you know, in significant way. You could you do that. By the way, that th- we're pretty sure the speech retreat probably will fill up, so don't sign up at the last moment. You know, if you're interested, contemplate it sooner rather than later, because we only have room for like 45 people. That's the six day. The one day there's uh, the one day there's no problem with. You could do it at the on the day, and I think we use the hall downstairs. So there should be you know room for 100 people if they want to. Um, but the six-day one, the six-day one, we have room just for 45 people. Okay, so there are, so I, that'd be my answer. See one or two of the components uh, that are most important and try to find a venue that helps those keep going, right? And so, um, great. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to, because of time, uh, move. I wanna do two more things. Uh, one, they think they'll take about three minutes each. So the first is, 
would be very helpful for me uh, and Stephen. I have a very short evaluation form uh, that uh, if we could, maybe have a few of us just, uh, and I'm going to fill it out myself. Okay, if we could have a few of us just hand these out to everyone. Uh, yeah. What? No, no. Okay. If you could hand that out, uh, walk around the hall and just hand that to people. So if you could take probably just uh, a few minutes and fill this out right now, very much appreciated. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.